What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I'm pleased to be joined on this Monday night with at Marcus underscore Mosher. I shortened it up because Marcus does it in post anyway. Uh, he thinks I'm not on to him. I am. Uh, how are you, sir? Doing well. We just watched a uh, a fun 15-point blowout uh, against the uh, 49ers or the Rams in the 49er game, which is a good game. I actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. You know, I was uh, talking to my buddy Sudsy, big Eagles fan. We'll talk about him a little later. I always get my Eagles updates from uh, Sudsy. And it's a good year to have a big-time Eagles fan that watches them closely because this is their year. But uh, we were talking about the matchup here, and if the Rams would just kind of fix their uniforms, this would be glorious matchup. Glorious. But uh, I enjoyed the outcome of the game. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I wanted the 49ers to win this game. I'm glad they did for multiple reasons. Uh, I would assume you would agree there was nothing fluky about it. So let's dive into that. If you did not watch the game, you're driving to work Tuesday morning. You want to know what happened. Should we start with bad Rams offense? Where do you want to start? No, 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 I don't. I Because I, okay. I don't think it was necessarily the Rams bad offense. I just think the 49ers absolutely dominated them up front. Even without Eric Armstead, who got hurt earlier in this game, Nick Bosa was incredible. But even more than Nick Bosa, D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, was unbelievable in this game in sending different blitzes and stunts and doing some crazy things with coverages. Like I just thought the 49ers played an outstanding game on defense. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of old, deceptive zone blitz concepts, I would say, in this game. Oh, boy, now I'm saying concept. Marcus, I've become that guy. But, you know, where you would maybe drop two linemen and send a linebacker, Mm -hmm. so you're still rushing four, or send two linebackers, you're still rushing four, and it looks like a blitz, but you're dropping guys in the short zone. You know what I'm saying? Like deceptive fronts and who's coming and who's not coming. Did it not seem like the linebackers or safety playing as a linebacker were always in the right spots in this yes. game? I was just waiting for you to say we saw some amoeba amoeba defense from uh, the 49ers, right? <laughs> you know, Fred uh, Warner dropped a sure pick oh, yeah. there late in the game. They had the pick six from um, – oh, doggone it. Now I'm forgetting. Tafunga. Tafunga, yes. Yep. Uh, nice play on that. Um they they just beat them up front, and I know the Rams have had some offensive line injuries. They had another one in this game. They're on their third-string center, but, I mean, it wasn't fluky. I mean, their guys were just winning the one-on-one matchups, right. and then when they got creative, they had guys coming in uh, on free rushes. Like, this is it's a really good 49ers defense that has historically done really well against Sean McVay and uh, Matt Stafford. You know, uh, several thoughts on that. Last year, Fred Warner did not have as good a year as he had had previously. Mm-hmm. He was a really good player a couple of years ago. Uh, their secondary was the real problem area. Uh, last year, I told you I thought their secondary was playing a lot better this year. Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about tonight, and Marcus and I got sidetracked because he called me and I was trying to do the power rankings. And, Sorry, I bothered Yeah. You. Yeah, well, I could have done it without you. Normally, I don't consult with Marcus. I just do the power rankings and let him react to it. Not tonight. It was too hard to rank the teams, pretty much because we have a lot of crap all the teams. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, 
tonight was name me the Rams player up front who won their battle. Oh, nobody. Or even drew a stalemate. Nobody. Uh, I think they all got beat. Nick Bosa had 14 pressures in this game. But they had interior pressure. Oh, it's everybody lost. And and that's the thing that's the most concerning about the Rams is you're going to get a couple of guys back. But it's everybody across the board. I, I just don't know. Even Rob Havenstein, who's a good right tackle, got crushed in this game. I mean, they're going to play some defenses that are pretty good coming up. I, I I don't know what the solution is or the easy fix for for Sean McVay is. You know the the well, there's a big sack from the defensive tackle late in the game there on that drive. Um, hit uh, Stafford from behind. Hit the empty hand. Uh, mm-hmm. that they ruled a fumble, but you know, it's funny. I was talking to Sudsy and he was in a fantasy battle tonight. He was down 23 and he had Cooper cup standard scoring, no PPR and Matt gay. And he was down 23. And I told, him, I told him, dude, you're in good shape because the Rams are about to go down here. Like uh, before this is right before Robbie gold missed his kick. Uh, the Rams were up uh, 49ers were up 17 to nine, trying to go up 20 to nine. I'm look, look, the 49ers are going to go up 20 to nine. The Rams are going to have to throw every down and you're going to be fine. They weren't fine. The Rams offense was so inept tonight. And if you want to call it the 49ers beating them, that's fine. But either way, they were so inept. They couldn't even get the stuff. The 49ers were going to kind of allow them to get, you know, those completions in the yes. middle of the field and we'll tackle, tackle you and put you down the, the typical garbage time. What I like to call the Carson Palmer, Dwayne Bow Memorial fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of those tonight. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Marcus, at one point when I checked the box score for Sudsy because he was watching his Phillies, I said, here, hey, right now Matt Stafford's got 164 yards passing on 30 attempts, and they had 48 yards rushing. And that's not counting. They had five sacks at that point, so they were under 200 net yards. I think the Niners ended up getting two more sacks in the fourth quarter. Did they end up with seven? Seven total sacks, yep. Yeah, so what was the Rams' net yards tonight? Probably about 230? Yeah, not great. And and one of the big problems the Rams are having now is you look at the box score, and this is where fantasy football skews things a little bit, but we talked about this after the Buffalo game, right? Cooper caught 14 catches for 122 yards. That seems like that's a really good game, right? Then you see it's an 8.7 yards per reception average, which is really low. And then you see it takes 19 targets to get to 122 yards. It's not all the yards per target. No, their top two receivers in this game, Cooper Cup and and Tyler Hegby, uh, had a total of about 200 receiving yards, a little bit less than that, on on 33 targets. Elliot, 200 receiving yards on 33 targets. The rest of their receiving core, Allen Robinson, two catches, seven yards. Kendall Blanton, one catch, seven yards. Ben Skoranek, two catches, 33 yards. They're getting to the point now where they're too reliant on Cooper Cup. He's almost too good that they've got to start spreading the ball out to make their offense more dynamic. Yeah, and at wide receiver, you really want to be at least around eight yards per target. So if you get a hundred, if you're a number one receiver, you get about 150 targets. I know, give or take, Marcus, or take. obviously, but a hundred, a 200 target season, you're probably leading the NFL. Uh, 150 targets would be a good uh, number one receiver target total. And if you're getting eight yards per target, you're getting about 1,200 yards. What Cooper Cup was getting tonight was like six point something. And Cooper Cup might be the best receiver in the league right now. Um, but going beyond that, 
they weren't getting the short stuff either. No. The pick six was on basically a glorified bubble screen. Yep. Uh, the Fred Warner play that could have been a pick six was on another little short end cut, I think, yep. for about five yards. Yep. It's, you know, normally when you see these risky uh, prospective pick six throws, picks six, pick six throws, pick sixes, pick sixes. Thank you. You think of things like 15 yard outs outside the numbers where the corner has a chance to break on the ball, right? Not on a five yard in cut where your linebacker in coverage can pick you and go the other way. Uh, That was the incredible thing here. Rams are in trouble a little bit on offense. Now they'll, they get the Cowboys next week, which we'll talk about, but I mean, this offense just is, it's really struggling right now. 20 points against the the Cardinals last week, Uh, only seven or only 10 points against the bills. When they get matched up against a above average defense, they're really struggling to move the ball. One last thing, Elliot, zero passing plays of over 20 yards in this game. First time since 2007, the Rams haven't had one. Well, I mean, uh, Matt Stafford's yards per attempt had to be around five yards for the night. Uh, Yeah, somewhere Uh, around there. Their net passing yards in this game, 3.6. Yeah, they're, they're... rushing yard average was probably three and a half yards a carry i'm three guessing two. at best yeah and some of those runs they ran late in the game when the 49ers are like fine we'll give you the four yard run to get a first down here we don't care we're up and we don't think you're going to score on us um brilliant game from the 49ers coaching staff you already mentioned D'Amico ryan's uh heck of a recovery i also i need to mention one thing here the throw to uh george kittle that was ruled out of bounds. The 49ers tried to settle for a field goal. They missed it. That was a great throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. When he threw it, I was like, please don't throw that. It was perfect. Yes, but Garoppolo messed up that play. If you go back and watch it, his primary read on that route is Brandon Ayuk on the right-hand side running a whip route. And Ayuk runs it perfectly. The defender falls down, and Ayuk is standing in the end zone wide open. And Garoppolo looks him off and he tries to throw the ball to Kittle in the back of the end zone on a much more difficult throw. He had the wide open Ayuk and Ayuk is flipping out after the play. Just missed him. And that's the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo. Sometimes he just, he doesn't take the layups when they're right there in front of you. The only thing I will say about that is sometimes what we see on TV for example, Garoppolo may have looked at him before the defender slipped down. Uh, sometimes their vantage point is obscured by a pass rusher. Um, if they come off of their main read and they missed it and they make a brilliant throw on their second read, I typically don't get upset with them. It was a tough catch for Kittle, but I thought he could have gotten his other foot down. It, it was yeah. I mean, it's great just, throw, man. You could see that play was designed for Ayuk and Garoppolo either left the read too soon. He didn't trust. He didn't trust what what his eyes were telling him. I don't know. Um, but it was interesting. I thought Garoppolo was very average today, though. Yeah, he's been he's been below average to this point. So this was actually an improvement. But uh, he did run the offense well. His yards per attempt, I think, tonight was probably more like eight, uh, almost nine. But it's it's yeah. so hard because catching runs. Yeah, he had two hundred thirty nine passing yards in this game, and fifty seven of them came on one play to Debo Samuel. That was just incredible. All I will say is that's what they do. 
Uh, that's what their strength is. And as long as you put the ball where the re- receiver needs to catch it on the short stuff, you're fine. I don't think the guy played a great game. One uh, point on Brandon Ayuk, though, we'll get off this game, get to our power rankings, um, and we'll talk about the 49ers and Rams a little bit more when we do that, is the little scuffle between he and Jalen Ramsey late. After they had that little scuffle, the 49ers are up. They're driving the ball, and the Rams need to stop them to get the ball back. Ramsey makes a nice play, even though he gets his face mask grabbed mm-hmm. by the offensive player to tackle Ayuk again on like another little bubble screen to force a punt. And then he starts shoving with them. And I'm like, dude, your team needs the ball back. They could have easily thrown 15 yards on Ramsey and it would have been game over right there. I'm like, what are you thinking? My guess was he was just trying to draw a penalty. So the 49ers were out of field goal range, maybe. Okay. It was just, it's nonsense. So Ramsey's it's, too good of a player to get involved in that kind of crap. That's exactly the point that I was going to make, and you made yep. it for me. So good. So speaking of doing something for me, Marcus helped me do my work tonight. So I I don't think, I, have I ever called you and said, I need to, I really no, need help with the Ramsey's a dumb week, so I get it. <laughs> this is a dumb week. Marcus calls me to talk game, talk podcasts, and I was like, hey, dude, I haven't even finished my rankings. I just, it was so hard. So uh, we'll start at 32. I did fine really in the top 10. It's really after that where Marcus and I really had to put our heads together and try to figure out how to sort or sort uh, below mediocre with cruddy. That's the best way I can describe pretty much 11 through 32. So let's start with 32. No disagreement from either one of us here. I think we were pretty much in lockstep here. It's the Carolina Panthers. I don't know how you put them ahead of any team. I'm contractually obligated not to talk about the Carolina Panthers as long as Matt Rule is the head coach, which looks about like two more weeks. Oh, boy. Yeah, they lost to uh, Arizona. Arizona was firmly in control that game if it wasn't a blowout. Really quickly. Worst QBR in the NFL through four weeks, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and I watched some of that game. I know you're not shocked. (laughs) And uh, Baker missed a – yeah, well – it's He's it's bad. it's not looking good, and I, I don't understand what's going on with that guy. Uh, we will keep an eye on the Carolina Panthers. At least I will. I can't uh, promise anything from my colleague. Uh, number 31, the Houston Texans. You could make the, the argument they could be a hair higher here. Uh, Marcus and I had a discussion between them and our 30th team. Uh, the Texans played tough again. The Chargers, they played tough against the Bears. They played tough against the Broncos. They played tough against the Colts. They're just not closing the deal ever. That's no, the, the most – the most discouraging thing is it feels like Davis Mills has taken a step back. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of Texans fans were hoping that he would develop into a franchise quarterback. We certainly haven't seen it so far. And this was the first week that their defense was really the problem. Yeah. Uh, they, they played pretty tough against the Colts in week one. They played uh, what the Broncos in week two, they played the bears lost barely in week three. Mm-hmm. Granted, those are some offensively challenged teams right now. Um, but their their offense has got to be there each and every week for them to get better to climb out of the cellar here. At number 30 in the cellar in the uh, NFC East are the Washington Commanders. Uh, they did not look good against the Cowboys. They made some things happen. Um, I told you I thought there were some nice plays that Curtis Samuel made. That's a guy they didn't have uh, all last year. Marcus, I think he could make a difference for him, but they're just not getting it going offensively, whether it's running game, passes down the uh, throws down the field. McLaurin was absentee. Uh-huh. What do you think? Feels like a team that needs a quarterback change already. Uh, they drafted Sam Howe in the fifth round. He looked good in the preseason. It's just clear Carson Wentz isn't it. Averaged 3.5 yards per passing attempt in this game. They need some kind of hope. Maybe Sam Howe can give it to him. I enjoyed watching Heineke more. 
to be honest. Oh, it, it, the, Washington was so much more fun with Heineke, at least. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not fun offensive teams, if there's a team that's even less fun offensively than Washington, it's our 29th team, the Chicago Bears. What is it? The same number of pass attempts for Justin Fields as rushing attempts? Uh-huh. Or is, uh, yep. <laughs> he is currently Boy. second second last or second to last uh, place with QBR in the NFL right now. Just not not playing well. The offense just looks so bad for Chicago right now. You know, I thought the defense was going to be the problem for this team. It hasn't been, but then again, they've played a Packers team that's not the same on offense. They played the Giants. Uh, they played Houston. They played San Francisco with Trey Lance in horrific weather conditions week one. I still don't really know how to evaluate this Bears defense yet until they have a real challenge. Uh, at number 28, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, much to Marcus's chagrin, they lost to the Jets. He was very upset about it. Um, he had a celebratory fruit roll up. Let's be honest. Yeah. listened to a lot of talk radio today. It was, it was very <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, they're going to Kenny Pickett. They should, he at least gives them some kind of hope because outside of Kenny Pickett, not a lot to look forward to with this team right now. I saw where Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback in his debut to have two rushing touchdowns, but I think he also had three giveaways. Was it three picks? Three interceptions. One of them was on a Hail Mary, so you can't ding him too much for that. But Gave him a little spark, uh, which is what Mike Tomlin said he wanted to do. And um, But you know what? The Jets got a little bit of a spark from Zach Wilson late in this game. They're our next team up. Uh, Your impressions of the Jets, do you feel a little more favorable given that Zach Wilson is back in the lineup and it's not Joe Flacco? Wilson was horrendous in the first half of this game. I mean, he was so bad. I can't even explain to you how bad he was. Now, in the second half, he did get some things going. He had a couple of really nice plays on third and fourth down. Again, he gives him a little bit more playmaking and makes them a little bit more exciting. But, it's yeah, it's still it's not a great team. We'll see uh, where this team is. The Jets do have a lot of young players, including Wilson. I expect them to slowly get better. A team that's been better than you and I probably thought, and you can make the case they are too low on our rankings here, number 26, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, absolutely. Chino Smith is playing incredible right now. 48 points in week four. I mean, Pete Carroll has that team playing uh, really well. They're, they've, they've beaten two pretty good teams in the Broncos and Lions. Can't complain about this spot at all. I'm just going to say it's one thing to play fantasy and see that a guy gives you big points. It's another thing to actually watch the plays develop. Penny looked so good, looked so good against the Lions. He had a huge game. They could not stop him, Marcus, when they knew what was coming late in the game. Seattle trying to run the clock. Uh, Impressive stuff. Uh, Number 25, Las Vegas Raiders. They got a win against the Broncos. I would qualify this as kind of an ugly win. What would you say? They've been in just about every game this year. In fact, they probably should be at least two and two, if not three and one right now. Um, yeah, it's a divisional game against, you know, the Broncos. Hey, I think take it. A, yeah, and the Broncos have a really good defense. It was the kind of win that they needed. Um, I actually think this might be a tad low for the Raiders, even though they're mm. only one and three. Well, I know you'd like to have them above my next team because you think the next team is total crap. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts oh, yes. at 24. Oh. They lost a somewhat close game to the Tennessee Titans, but they are a tough team to figure right now. They are 1-2-1. and one. This is the first team, I'm going to say, I think needs a total rebuild. From the front office to the head coaching staff to the quarterback, 
I hate the way that this team is constructed. They've been way too safe over the last couple of years, not being aggressive, going out and getting a quarterback. Um, it's time for the Colts to start over. This this nonsense of grabbing washed up 37 and 38-year-old quarterbacks every year has got to stop. <laughs> Who's next? Who's the next 37-year-old quarterback that they're going to sign? <laughs> I love it. You think it's that? Blacko? All right. Oh, boy. Uh, let's go to number 23. We will go to the New England Patriots. A little bit difficult team to rank. This is a team that Marcus thought was pretty pretty lousy. This is a team that there was a little speculation would Mac Jones play this week. Um, they, they ended up going with a rookie at quarterback uh, in the middle of that game who kept them in the game. They go to overtime at Green Bay. What do you make of the Patriots? See, this is one that I think they should be a little bit higher. I thought they played Baltimore really well last week. They took the Packers down to the last second of overtime in Green Bay with a with a day three picket quarterback. I think Fourth this round, team, right? Yeah, I I don't. I'm not saying the Patriots are good because they're not, but man, they are a tough out every single game, and they can run the ball like crazy, and they've got a good front seven. I think they're a little bit better than the spot. Did you did you watch any tape on Zappy going into the draft? I did. I watched a lot. He, I mean, we. He uh he makes Cooper Rush look like he's uh Patrick Mahomes. That's how bad <laughs> Bailey Zappi's arm is. But but he can put the ball accurately. He's got a quick release. Um, oh, don't don't try to be positive after that comment. I'm I just mean, saying he, he he's got a noodle arm. Uh, okay okay. Uh, at 22, we have the Saints who lost a tough game to Minnesota uh, overseas. The Saints were without major players. Uh, on their team and they hung in there. You talk about a tough team to evaluate so far. Yeah. No Jameis Winston, no Alvin Kamara, no Michael Thomas, some offensive line injuries, some guys on defense missing. And yet they very easily could have went to overtime with the Vikings. If it wasn't for the double doink, um, that's a fun, that's a really fun game, but I can't argue with this spot for the saints. Well, you were worried about their coaching. And I think when you can play that tough without key, Mm-hmm. That gives a little confidence in the other direction for Dennis Allen. This is his second go around as a head coach in the National Football League. We'll see uh, where the Saints go. We liked them before the season, but right now the truth is the truth, and they're one and three. Uh, one of the one win came against Atlanta. We have them at twenty one. You could make the case Atlanta could be higher than twenty one. If there's one team that has played over its head this year, this would be my nominee. Two hundred rushing yards against the Browns, and they just. Controlled the entire game. Um, I, this was an awesome win for Atlanta. We'll talk about Cleveland in just a little bit. But, yeah, the Falcons aren't good, but they certainly aren't bad either. They're going to be a team that is just tough to put away every single week. Problem is Cordero Patterson went on IR right with the knee injury. Four weeks. That's that's a bummer. Yep. Yeah, the short-term IR, but uh, that's a big injury for this team. They don't have a lot of big-time players. This is a lot of contributor style players that are making this happen for them Uh, at number 20 the broncos their offense did come to life in the first half of this game i don't really know what happened in the second half other than that first half of football the broncos offense has been null and void marcus the whole year yeah and unfortunately the broncos had a couple big injuries in this game javante williams out for the year with an acl and an lcl injury Hmm. Uh, pretty clear that they don't want to play Melvin Gordon after he fumbled again. 
They also lost Randy Gregory to a knee injury that's going to keep him out at least a month. I like this Broncos team a lot more going into week four than I do coming out of it. Yeah, the Broncos, uh, one of those teams that may be on the playoff bubble this year. We'll have to see what happens uh, with them, but those are big injuries. Another team that's kind of like them in that regard uh, are the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if this is a team that can make it into the playoffs, especially losing to Atlanta on the road. I thought this was a game the Browns were going to run all over them. They did have, I, I think Nick Chubb had a pretty good game mm-hmm. here, but look, if you if you can't capitalize on that, then what difference does it make? And this is the kind of game that you have to win uh, on the road. That and the Jets game, right? These are two games that the Browns fairly easily should have won. They should be 4-0 right now, but when I, you lose Miles Garrett, you lose Jadavion Clowney, and you just can't set the edge at all on defense, that's how you lose a game like this. So Browns are going to have to steal a couple over the next month, but yeah, this is a tough one to lose. Speaking of teams that whose record could be better, and they've got to start learning how to win these games and close them out. We've got the Lions at 18. Now watch this game really closely. Their defense, Marcus, just absolutely could not get a stop in this game. They knew Seattle was running the ball, trying to run the clock out, and they could not stop Penny. It did not matter. They loaded up uh, with everyone in the box uh, at the end game scenario, and Seattle was blowing them off the ball. Penny was blowing right through their linebackers. But I will say, Jared Goff, I say it every week, Marcus, he looks fantastic. This is the one team that I think you're a little bit too excited about because I just, I don't see it yet. And I know they're without a bunch of guys on offense. So I I get it. That defense is horrendous. It's the worst NFL defense uh, through the first four games in NFL history. I mean, you give up 550 yards to Seattle in this game. That's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Um, They can't. Yeah. They can't close out these games and they've got a brutal schedule coming up. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not buying the Lions as a top 20 team right now. Well, the problem is look at the teams behind them and the Lions. I think, like, I think Cleveland, is, I think Cleveland and New England are better. I do. Well, you told me that New England was awful a couple of weeks ago. They so were I, awful. I, I, don't, I don't know. The Lions offense is so miles ahead of all these other teams. Great. But uh, their defense uh, is so bad that it doesn't end up mattering. Well, the losses they've had, they lost to by a field goal to Seattle. They lost one score game to Minnesota, and they lost, I think, by a field goal to Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, they're barely losing these games. But we'll see. You might be right. At number 17, I think this team is ranked correctly, but it was a step backward after a major step forward. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars had a really impressive win, maybe the most impressive win of week three. Then in week four, terrible weather conditions, uh, but then they got dominated by the Philadelphia Eagles, specifically not being able to stop the run. And the thing is, this game started out so perfectly for Jacksonville. They were up 14 yep. nothing in the first quarter of this game. They got a pick six. They went down and drove the, uh, the first drive of the game and got points. Then you gave up 20 points in the second quarter, and you just couldn't stop the rushing attack for Philadelphia. It's, this is a tough one. This is one you have to be able to win if you have a double-digit lead early in this game. We've talked about teams not being able to close out. One team that has been able to close uh, close out games so far, the New York Giants. They are 3-1. and one. They are number 16. The one game they lost, Marcus, was against the Cowboys where 
I, I hate to mention injuries all the time, but I really felt like if they had Leonard Williams, the outcome of that game might have been different given how successfully the Cowboys ran the ball up the middle. Yeah, and that, I mean, I don't know if it was quite a coin flip game, but they had a lead, you know, late in the third quarter in that game. So they were certainly competitive. 262 rushing yards in this game. And they did it mostly without a quarterback because Daniel Jones got banged up early. Tyrod Taylor came in, suffered a concussion, and then they were playing Saquon Barkley at quarterback for a big portion of the fourth quarter. This is a tough team. Brian Dable has them playing pretty well, way above their their talent level right now. And when I said it's kind of hard to gauge the Bears' defense, it's because they played some bad teams offensively, but this was not exactly a great display for them, circling back to the Bears. But uh, a little unfair here. I've got the Tennessee Titans. We've got the Tennessee Titans at 15 above the Giants, even though the Giants beat them week one. Week one is historically an anomaly. If you have an argument, a beef here, no problem. Titans have a little bit more of a track record, as does Mike Vrabel. They've climbed from looking like one of the worst teams in the league to getting right back in it, man. Uh, consecutive wins, big wins. And remember, in week one, they mm-hmm. missed a 47-yard field goal to win that game. If they make that field goal and they're 3-1 and one with their only loss coming at Buffalo, I think we have a totally different thought about the Titans. But this is what Mike Vrabel does, right? When he gets matched up against similar talented teams, like the Colts and the Raiders, they win. Um, so this is, is not a surprise to me at all where you have them ranked. Although that was a bad loss to Buffalo. Oh, no, I mean, God, that was horrible. Terrible, terrible. It was a block party in the middle of the third quarter for the Bills. They pulled Von Miller in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, number 14, your guess is as good as ours on this team. Uh the Chargers are at 14 more by default to the fact that there aren't any good teams in the league right now. It's really hard to, hard to gauge them. They won at Houston, I think it was 34-24. to 24. A big game for Austin Eckler, three touchdowns. But they still have injury problems, Marcus. I still don't trust them in the long run right now, not with their health concerns. I agree. But their schedule is pretty soft going up in the next month. They play at the Browns. They play against the uh, home against the Broncos, home against the Seahawks at Atlanta. I could see them going three and one, if not four and zero oh in that stretch. And all of a sudden, hey, this is a six and two team going up against the, you know, the Forty ers on Sunday Night Football. I, I don't know what to make of this team yet. I don't think anybody does. When you say soft, if we were doing like a sliding scale, are we talking like Charmin extra squishy soft? Or are we talking more like analytics community taking criticism on Twitter ah, soft? Say like Bobby Carpenter's. <laughs> <laughs> Number 13, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I always say every week my preamble for this team is that this is the toughest team to rank in the NFL. So, Marcus, I'm going to defer to you. Where do the Arizona Cardinals belong? If there's one team in the NFL that I hate watching right now is the Cardinals because it's basically just Kyler runs around forever until he can find Hollywood. And that's the offense for the Cardinals in a million bubble screens. I don't know, man. They're two and two tied for the top of the division lead. And I don't think this team was good at all, at all. It was really hard to gauge their defense against Carolina's offense. We were talking about the Rams and Niners. And I was asking you, was this just awful offense by the Rams? And you said, no, it was good defense by the 49ers. I don't know that that was good defense by the Cardinals on Sunday. <laughs> I would I, say it was not. I, yeah, I would lean more the other way. Uh, number 12, the Dallas Cowboys. This may sound a little high, 
the Cowboys are three and one. Uh, they've beaten some of these teams behind them. I have a team they've beaten ahead of them. Yeah, here. I was just going to say, I, I I tend to remember Dallas beating the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in week two, but that's fine. It's fine. We, uh, we like Cooper, being the underdog. Yeah, Cooper Rush did not have a great game. He he had a couple interceptions called back. But once again, Marcus, his ability to put the ball where it's supposed to be is really impressive. And he's getting time to throw from the offensive line, even if they're not doing a great job in run blocking. And the story for me in this game is the Cowboys' defense. They got shredded on the ground. Uh, they gave up 142 yards, I think 92 yards in the first quarter and a half of the game. But their pass defense is incredible. They're the best defense in the league on third and six plus, right? They can just get after the quarterback. The secondary is amazing. We'll see about the offense next week. I've got some reservations about the Cowboys' offense against the Rams and the Eagles in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, there's a couple of Cowboys, I think, that are definitely worth uh, mentioning, like how well they're playing. First of all, Maher's pretty much been making his kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Cowboy fans are really worried about that. Uh, secondly, if you haven't watched Demarcus Lawrence play the last couple of weeks, that guy is playing some ball. Um, mm-hmm. Veteran guy that they really could use. I'm a little, don't know about you, I'm a little surprised by it, frankly. Uh, at number 11, we've got the Los Angeles Rams. You can make a strong case they belong lower than this. This is a little bit of a nod to what they accomplished last year, the skill of their head coach and the fact that their quarterback is playing so far below his historic ability. Uh, Allen Robinson's not anywhere involved in the offense. When I checked the box score, it was one catch for two yards into the fourth quarter. Uh, the running game, Marcus, is non-existent. I, I don't know, and, and the edge pressure doesn't seem to be there. Am I misrepresenting anything? Nope, you got it. But did you see that one awesome hit that Bobby Wagner had on the yes. goal line? That's incredible. Yeah, uh, some good hits in this game, period. They'll be fine once the offensive line gels a little bit, they get healthier, but it's pretty clear they're just nowhere near as talented as they were last year. There's a hit I liked as much as the Bobby Wagner one, but I'll wait till we get to uh, the other team before we talk about that one. Uh, let's go to number 10, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so you referenced that Dallas beat them in Dallas with Cooper Rush. Would you have Dallas over Cincinnati right now? I don't think I would. Based on personnel, who's playing, that game was in Dallas. I think Cincinnati has turned it around. I'm comfortable with them at number 10. Because they still haven't shown the potential they showed last year offensively, in my opinion. I don't know. I could go either way with that one. The Bengals, their wins came against Miami on a short week when they had to travel early because of a hurricane, and they lost their starting quarterback early in that game, and then they beat the Jets. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on the Bengals yet. I think we're going to learn a lot about them next week when they play the Ravens Sunday Night Football. I agree, but you can also make the case they had no business losing to Pittsburgh. They probably wouldn't without their long snapper uh, problem yep. and, and the giveaway. Although they had five turnovers in that game. At some yep. point, they they got to take some responsibility for that one. Sure, and they lost to Dallas in a very, very close game. Coin uh, flip game. Rush yep. kind of played out of his mind. Um it's a tough one. Uh, it's tough. It's, it's fine. We're really good teams. No, the, I, I think those three teams that we just mentioned are all in the same tier. Yeah, so we're talking Bengals at 10, Rams at 11, Cowboys yep. at 12. Now, yep. the top nine I feel a little bit better about. Uh, we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings at number nine. They got a win 
in London against the Saints. Granted, it may not have been beautiful against a depleted team, but you're going overseas. Uh, Minnesota has lost a game. It was at Philadelphia. I'm comfortable with them here. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're a good, not great team. And this is kind of where you rank those teams. So uh, they're one loss. Endorsement. Game. Yeah, their, their <laughs> loss came against Philadelphia on Monday Night Football, but they've beaten a couple of good teams, including the Packers and the Saints. So I'm calling the Saints still a good team. I know my preseason bias is still sticking there, but yeah, I think the Vikings are fine. All right, number eight, I'm super confident on the 49ers. Uh, they looked more like a Super Bowl-ready team. As Marcus pointed out, look, there's still nothing to be jazzed about when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. He did what he needed to do tonight, ran the offense. Really nice running after the catch. But you want to talk about hits and playing physical. Kyle Juszczyk on that swing route where he took it for 35, and he could have just ran out of bounds. And he saw the Rams' safety closing, and he gave him a little pop. And you could hear that all the way. That's the kind of one you could hear all the way up in the nosebleeds. You know which play I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, feels right. 49ers, I think they are a lock to be a playoff team. Probably going to win about 10 games this year. Um, but the quarterback's going to hold them back again. But that doesn't mean they're not one of the top seven or eight teams in the league. One of the things I did like about this game in the, what, this is the 93rd, uh, excuse me, the 103rd year of uh, NFL's existence. You went on the edge on the defensive line and on the interior defensive line, you're winning most of the time in the NFL. If you're yep. winning all of your matchups, not just as a collective, but each individual guy, it's really hard to lose. Even today with all the rules changes and everything else, that was apparent tonight. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are at number seven. Certainly can make an argument they're lower after the way things went Sunday night. Um the Kansas City Chiefs, they literally couldn't stop them. It was an absolute embarrassment defensively. I think this game is an isolated event. I agree. Uh, help I agree. me feel better about that. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay was, uh, again, they had a wild week, not knowing where the game was going to be played at. They had all their receivers kind of coming back off either suspension or injuries. They still have problems on the offensive line. And, oh, yeah, on the first play of the game, you fumbled the opening kickoff and gift. Kansas City seven points. So I they're much better than what they showed in that game. I'm just not overly concerned about them. You know, I kind of debated. I was listening to this game on the radio for a while, and I told you I like to listen to this part of the primetime games on the radio. If you were uh Todd Bowles, would you just throw this film in the garbage can, so to speak, or make your guys watch it? Because uh I would watch it because there there were still good parts at this game. The offense really didn't look all that bad in the second half. Well, they had no running game, but but even the most disconcerting thing, and this is probably the most demoralizing thing in the NFL, when you know the other team's going to run the ball and they're not a running team. In fact, their head coach has a reputation for disdaining the run, and you literally cannot stop them. They couldn't stop them. Well, it was disgusting and, and this is where the akeem hicks injury hurts because he played so well early in the season he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks with an injury when they have akeem hicks and vita Vey at defensive tackle you cannot run against them wasn't the case on sunday where were the linebackers on sunday um, about 15 yards down the field being blocked yeah yeah a lot of short plays pass plays turned into long plays how many plays did juju or somebody else turn into a big gainer it was just 
uh, that should have been a five yard gain or, or whatever. Uh, excellent coaching though. You pointed that out on our picks podcast last week that you thought Andy Reed would really provide the advantage. So good call by you there. Uh, number six, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens have been a disappointment. Let's be honest to be two and two. And they've been a disappointment because they've had leads against Miami, against Buffalo at home. They haven't been able to close them out. But at the end of the day, are the Ravens probably one of the contenders in the league? They are. I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not. Um, I I admire John Harbaugh going for it on fourth down because he knows it's too easy to get a field goal with Josh Allen. But the problem is the Ravens just can't close out any games from this year or last year. Let's look at their schedule really quick, quickly this year. They lose a three-point game against the Bills. They lose a four-point game against the Dolphins. Going back to last year, they lose a three-point game to the Steelers, a one-point game against the Rams, a one-point game against the Packers, a two-point game against the Browns, a one-point game against the, the Steelers. They lose a two-point game against the Dolphins. They lose a you know a, a close one to the Raiders. Like this, whenever they lose games, or, you know, they, they just really struggle to close out these games. And it's shocking considering they can run the ball. They've got one of the most athletic quarterbacks in NFL history and arguably the greatest kicker in NFL history. I just don't get it, Elliot. Well, I think what's worse about it with them is the manner in which they lose these games at the end. So you just mentioned the Raider game. Blown coverages like crazy. Zay Jones gets deep. You mentioned Miami. Blown coverages. Tyree Kill, wide open. Buffalo. Everyone's saying, let's let him score. And a linebacker tackles Devin Singletary. Mm -hmm. When if they let him score, they have time to go uh, tie the game. But if you say they're not a contender, you find me seven or eight teams better than Baltimore. Good luck. It's just you start looking at their schedule coming up, and it's like, okay, they could lose that game. They could lose that game. They're not going to be favored in that game. Like, But they could I, beat any of these teams. I. I think they're probably a nine-win team. Does that make them a contender? I don't know. I, they I were up twenty to three on Buffalo. Twenty to three. So that's the that's the tricky part with the Ravens. Speaking of one of the teams that that they had this problem with, I've got Miami at number five. Now Miami's been without their starting quarterback. We addressed Tua in our last podcast. We were pretty upset about that. I've got him at five, Marcus, because quite frankly, Teddy Bridgewater is one of the best backup quarterbacks in sure. the league, and I just don't know how much they're going to lose. I trust, I trust the the offensive staff there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is an accurate thrower. Uh, he doesn't panic. He knows what to do with the football, and he's got all he's got to do is get the guy the ball into his playmaker's hands. Think about how fast his skill players are. Yeah, and they should be getting some guys back from injury, including Byron Jones and their secondary, which is going to help tremendously. Cedric Wilson, who they haven't had the last couple of weeks because of a rim injury, it's a really good team. And I think Bridgewater will keep them afloat. Uh, in the cleanup spot, I've got the Green Bay Packers. It still doesn't look good offensively for this team. I think Aaron Rodgers has had a hard time. Sammy Watkins has been out. He's trying to work with some young guys and – Green Bay let a pesky little New England team hang around into overtime. I'm being generous here at four, but again, find me really great teams. No, but I do wonder if they can kind of continue to play this style if it's not better for them long-term, right? Rely on your defense, use your running backs, and just have Rodgers make five to six throws. They have the personnel to, to do it. 
I mean, basically kind of copy the 49ers model because I think that's probably what's going to help you beat teams like the Rams and the Eagles and the 49ers throughout the playoffs. Also go one more on that. They've had a kicker who's made a lot of big kicks in his career, a lot of them. And so if you need a big kick late in the year, Mason Crosby's the kind of guy that can deliver that for you. Uh, Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs, they looked awesome. Sunday night, quite a bounce back from the indie game. You were very concerned about the Chiefs. You thought they had huge problems, and then they came out and they played like this. So what what do you say now? It's tough. I still do have some problems with their defense. Uh, Some of their linebackers still worry me a bit in coverage. This game could not have started out more perfectly for them. Um, We'll see. I, I have absolutely no problem ranking them at three. I think they probably have the best offense in the NFL right now, probably. Um, but yeah, this is fine. The one overwhelming takeaway I had from this game is that you have a head coach who knows confidently that my five guys up front as a unit are going to beat your front yep. seven. Yep. And when you know that as a coach, it makes the plays a lot easier to call because your third downs are all third and two. You know, they're all third and four or under when you can open your playbook up. And I think it makes it so much easier for Andy Reid and it makes it in his staff and it makes it so much easier for their now veteran quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Let's go to number two, Philadelphia Eagles, not exactly a veteran quarterback, but Jalen Hurst continues to, I don't want to say inspire confidence, but I think people are not as worried about him anymore. This was an awful weather game. Mm-hmm. where the opposing quarterback handled it much worse than Jalen Hurts did. Granted, Hurts could rely on the, his legs and the running game, Miles Sanders, a huge game. Do you take anything away important from this Jacksonville game, or do you think the weather discounted too much of it? Uh, not, not too much. The only issue that Philly has right now is their second-half offense has struggled a little bit. They did not score in the second half against Washington. Against Minnesota, they did not score. Um, against uh, the Lions in the second half. They only scored, a, you know, I think it was 14 points in the third quarter. They got one touchdown late against Jacksonville. But other than that, it's a great team. They might, they're probably the favorites to make it out of the NFC right now. Well, uh, two things on that. Number one, they were so in control against Minnesota. They oh, were yeah. so in control against Washington. And that's and why you don't control. worry about it too much. That, that, yeah. We're picking nets here. Yeah. The other thing is, I did tell you guys when the Eagles were four to one odds to win the NFC East way back a few months ago, I was like, Marcus, that sounds ridiculous to me. Jump all over that. I'm still feeling pretty good about that. Uh, number one team, I'm keeping Buffalo here. I realize they barely won, but this was a tough road matchup where they showed a lot of resilience. I mean, how else do you put it? They came back, they won the game when they had to. Um, and, and, you know, Buffalo is three and one. Their one loss is on the road and a really a squeaker they could have won against the Miami Dolphins. I feel like you have a problem with this. My only thing with Buffalo, and it's the same issue that the Bills had last year, is Josh Allen, as good as he could look sometimes, still has these games every once in a while where you're wondering, okay, why can't you put it together for a full quarter or for a full half or a full game? Like, he averaged six yards an attempt against Miami. He averaged 5.9 yards an attempt against Baltimore. We know the Ravens' secondary is awful. Uh, how did how did you play that poorly? I don't know. I, 
this team isn't the best team in football right now, but man, there are still things about Josh Allen game to game that make me a little bit nervous. I know they're not great, but don't you think this is one team that could afford to use its backs a little bit more? Just a little bit more so Josh Allen isn't having to make all the plays. Yeah, I mean, I think they need to design more layups for Josh Allen, right? More design screens, more, you know, draw plays right on third and one or whatever. I mean, just some little things to help him get into a rhythm because he was so frantic in this game, Elliot. It was almost hard to watch because there was no rhythm on offense at all for Buffalo. I'm just saying I would take the Bills running backs over a lot of teams in the league. I'm not saying they're amazing. I'm just saying they're not like the bottom eight of the NFL. No, uh, of this, not. this this is a team that's got running backs that I would argue are in the top half of the NFL. Use them a little bit more. I don't care if it's five carries more game, screens, whatever this, you want to do. This game against Pittsburgh that they have this week, this is a great time to really try to work on your running game, right? Pittsburgh's getting gashed in the run game. See if you can get Devin Singletary going a little bit. See about James Cook on some – you know, little design screens and design plays to get the ball in his hands. I, I think that would help their offense just become a little bit more or a little steadier. Just take something off of your, you know, five-year vet quarterback, just a little bit. Yep. That's all. But I've got Buffalo number one. Uh, those are the top 32 teams. A lot of disagreement you could have with, with this group. It's really hard to pick out uh, who's the favorite in the NFL this year. But, uh, you know, I think right now for me, it's Buffalo in the AFC. It's Philadelphia in the NFC. I do think it says something about both of those teams, the Bills and the Eagles, that they don't have to get great play from their quarterbacks to win a game. Uh, and that's saying something. But that's uh, all the thoughts that I have about the league and Monday Night Football. I will give the last word to you. Do you know what division has the most wins right now? The NFC East. That's my guess. The- the NFC East, baby. Uh, it's not going to stay that way forever, but I know a lot of people are poo-pooing that division kind of going into the year. But, I mean, you can make a case that it has two of the top ten teams in the NFL and maybe two of the top four, top five teams in the NFC. I think Cowboys-Eagles is going to be a lot of fun here in a couple of weeks. I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just happy not to be poo-pooing a lot, uh, period. I think it's uh, – You're poo-pooing you know, a lot before. Yeah. Yeah, I was down on a lot of things. So, hey, listen, a lot of weeks to be played in this NFL season. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but and there'll be teams that that make you know incredible runs over the next couple of weeks, kind of like you, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're wrong on the Lions. I, I think just, the Lions are winning fun. games. They're fun, but they're bad. I, I know that you like games. them, and I know I know that you want them to be really good. I do too but they're just not good. All right. Do you want to get out of here or you want to pull a football card? I'm leaving it up to you. Uh, let's go. We're already at like the 52 minutes. Yeah, right. you're right. That's a good point. We'll pull a football card at the top of our Wednesday pod. We're going to pick games uh, Wednesday early, and uh, hopefully you can listen to that sometime in the afternoon and uh, get our picks. We did okay on our picks, uh, both of us, this weekend. That's usually the way it goes. And by week five, hopefully you know something, but uh, we'll see. Either way, you can follow Marcus. Uh, at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. He's a host of Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. And he also covers the Raiders for USA Today. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And we appreciate you guys very, very much. We'll see y'all.